Welcome to the Funny Style Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Robinson. Today we have Brian Milligan. What's up? It's Eugene Torres. Uh, Lisa Rod Davis. So I've been, well, I've been doing stand up five years. Brian's been doing it. Where are you at? Seven now? and a half months. Seven <laughs> and a half months. Man, you got a baby, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, so, but what's cool about it, what I like about it is we do this podcast where I try to bring in hosts of different levels. And then we talk to people who are traveling headlining. Yeah. So that I'm going to ask questions that are relevant to someone at my stage, and he's going to ask questions that are relevant to someone who's new. And we get an interesting variety of questions asked, you know? So today we also have uh, Eugene Torres again. We I've been doing it, man, sh- most of my life. 11, 12 years? 11 years? Yeah. Yeah, 2012. Uh. Wow. Shit. And we have. You think I'd be doing better with that? <laughs> I'm not headlining. I'm just. I've been doing eight years. Okay. Eight years in February. Eight years. And you young. are. I'm sorry, my age. And you are. I am. Your name? Oh, Lisa Rod Davis. Okay. <laughs> it's hard to spell though. I do that. Crystal made us introduce ourselves twice though, so oh, just so okay. you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because we do that, like. And, so yeah, right. So it's years. cool. You guys are in town to do Blind Lion, which is our probably our most professional private room here the, in Brevard. That's not Gregory's, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah Gregory's Pri- private is a room. Club. Yeah, yeah. I love I love the blind line though. Like me too. Way Judd has that set up is nice. I like Never been. This is my first time. time. You're going to love it. I trust Eugene. I trust your, your I'll judgment. tell you if it's shit. You're going to you're going to you you're going to have, you have a good time. You. It's just so intimate. It's like I said, everybody's like right up on it you. It got the feeling. That means I'm going to see my family members, which means I'm going to have to like look away. You'll put them in the back if you want to. Yeah, my mom's got to be in the back. <laughs> so it's got like the feeling of like one of those small New York clubs. Like if you were to go down the steps into a basement, it just happens to be. Yeah, it's just what Chris joint. was saying. Yeah. So yeah. Well, they got the brick wall behind you and everything too. So it's. I mean, it really it's feels beautiful. like it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. Such a good spot. Yeah. A lot of people like it. They've all said, "Oh, when are you gonna go?" So. Well, J- have you ever met Judd? No. Okay, Judd was like. Uh, I mean, he started in Houston, but he was up in New York for. I mean, I don't even know how long. Houston. Long he's been doing comedy for like twenty years, and I think majority of it was up there. So he's just he kind of came down and brought like that vibe of a show down here, and he's the most professional. Like that's when you good. walk in the door tonight, he's gonna hand you an envelope full, with money in it before you even perform. <laughs> like, oh, that's how we start, he started to say "full of money," and I was like, "Yeah, right, full well, is a strong uh, envelope word. I mean, with money." If in it's it. all in one, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice. It's very professional. Like it's, I don't know. It's my favorite show to do. I mean, you guys got a lot of like gyms out here that I tell everybody from Orlando, like the Melbourne cocoa area has got a lot of like nice spots. Oh yeah. Some of these rooms we go to in Orlando and I say we, but I'm not really out there like that no more in terms of hitting up mics, but they're not good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You come out here, they're, they're good. I'm at them, <laughs> the <laughs> Orlando ones, and yeah. No, but you have to. And I was there. Yeah. I was there very early on. Yeah. Like I used to. I started in Illinois, Springfield, Illinois, and I would drive like six hour round trips to do five minutes in Chicago, where nobody's paying attention to you. It's just some shitty little open mic, but Damn. you know you got bit by the comedy bug, and mm-hmm. you're like, we have to make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> But that's a so I'm glad you said that story about driving all the way Everywhere. to Chicago Everywhere. because one of the things that I think a lot of comics get spoiled about is and we're lucky here because here we didn't have a lot going on and the comics created yeah you got stuff, to you got you know? to but one of the things that annoyed me when we, when I was starting is a lot of them just weren't willing to travel 
Mm-hmm. And you can kind of tell who's not going to get anywhere yeah. based on who's willing to actually go out and do the legwork. to go I, get. I think that has a lot to do with this area, though, because, mm-hmm. like, if you're over on the island, which I call the island satellite beach area, I mean, nobody leaves there, right? Mm-hmm. So to go across, it's like, you mean you want me to go across the bridge? Like, if you're going over there, it's worse <laughs> than, like, oh, if you're going to be down there, can you pick this up, this up? Because it's, it's, everybody has such a beach side attitudes like oh i mean uh, attitude is the right word for orlando <laughs> orlando's the same way when i moved to orlando eight years ago there were people who wouldn't drive 40 minutes to do a mic and i was like you guys are so lucky to have this scene that you had here mm-hmm. because the town i was from they had a mic that would play twice a month so like if you wanted stage time you were driving six hours round trip or four hours round trip jesus and you just had to do it well, I mean, I, like like I said at the beginning, like I started seven months ago, right? And we had, outside of the blind line, we had two shows, both of them run by Jimmy. It was Pineapples on Tuesday nights, which is all, yeah. which has been good for a while. And then every, like, third Friday or every other Friday, it was Beachside Retro. You know what I miss? I miss open mics. Yeah, everybody. God, that was a good place. <laughs> that's, that's all we talk about in this podcast. Oh, open mics I, have, I only went the there once. I used yeah. to. Well, we we get like several of us and say it's an Orlando invasion. And we'd all haul over here, and then I was like, let me show teach you about Brevard Dells Freeze. Like that was, <laughs> that was like a big deal. So. Uh, no, I mean open mics was an incredible room. You know, may, I might be be in the the minority here then. I played open mics, but then I played uh, the beachside retro room. Mm-hmm. I'll take beachside retro any oh, day yeah, of the week. Oh, yeah, that's good. That shit is You fire. must have been open mics on a bad night that I've one been time. there a couple times, and like, yeah. it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it was bad. It wasn't. But when we were at beachside retro, like that was like It was great. good. It was a really, and it, it was a good vibe. It's And I, I, of course, I'm an idiot. I'm just walking around going, Oh, I remember that totally aging myself. Like I had that lunchbox. So <laughs> it was it was a good vibe and it was nice and small and that I did like that. But like the open mics, I just liked it because it was in the middle of the week. It was like, oh, boom, we're gonna go and come back. Which you know, as a teacher, I'm always getting. How do you do that? How can you? And I, I'm just please don't schedule any meetings the day after I have a. <laughs> I mean, you just got to do it. I mean, when I first started, it was like that's when we could still say it's a movie day. Yeah. We can't do that anymore. Yeah. What movies you what, what movies you be watching in uh in your school? What? For some reason, the little school I went to, every time there was a substitute, they would play uh the Labyrinth. Mm. Remember the Labyrinth with David Bowie? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know why they were playing that during school, <laughs> but I watched that at least fifteen times in school. Oh, thank God for Redbox because I'd be like, you guys want to watch this? And then uh, now. You know, they're constantly in your room, so you can't say, yeah, it's been a long one. They're like, no, that doesn't. So now you have to be on it as a teacher. But I do it. I I did a strip club last weekend. And then the very next night, I did a, a church. So I thought that was very interesting. I was like, oh, I'm testing, I'm, testing, I'm testing the sturdiness <laughs> of these walls. Yeah. I smoked a blunt with Louis J. Gomez in the middle of a church. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hell. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Louis J. Gomez, if you don't know from the Legion of Skanks podcast, uh, for some reason uh, he was playing some church. I don't even remember what town it was, but it was like some really right-wing, old, white, 
it was like Port St. Lucie or something along <laughs> those lines. Eustis? Was it Eustis? He said it like, it was, like he was going to say some like we're in Mississippi. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. A place I go to on a regular basis. Hey, no, man. It disgusted me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I walked in and I felt like I was in that movie Midsummer, okay? Uh-huh. So it was not cool. <laughs> our green cool. room was, uh, our green room was like, I don't. I didn't go to church where they would put like, the, yeah, where they put like the little altar boys or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So like that was the green room, and we walk in, and I'm like, how the fuck did they book Louis J. Gomez and Kurt Metzger here? Yeah. Wow. And <laughs> That's so we go up and we do our thing, and you know, being in Florida, we know how to work those kind of rooms. Yep. And uh, they just went up and did whatever. I think Louis ripped on a dude in a, with an oxygen tank for about forty minutes. <laughs> But afterwards, we get off stage, and he goes, dude, you want to go smoke a blunt? And I go, I've never, I've actually had never smoked up until that point. Yeah. But I always. That was your first time? Yeah, <laughs> and this was like in my, like, 30 years old, maybe. Oh, my God. Yeah, I had never smoked, because I, I was a, I was a very high-level athlete growing up, so I didn't really do anything. I was kind of straight edge for the most part. What did you play? Um, a basketball. Okay. So, um, I didn't really do too much, but I always have in my mind, do things for the story. And I go, when am I ever going to get a smoke a blunt in a church with a semi <laughs> like, I mean, he's in the comedy famous. world, he's famous, he's you know, famous, like, yeah. I don't I don't know where he ranks out in terms of fame, but like with a notable person, when am I going to get a smoke a blunt? So he literally taught me how, by the way, because I don't I didn't. I mean, obviously, oh you think you know how to smoke, but like there's a way to really hit it. <laughs> and you I mean, you look like, you know, your way around a blunt. I've, but, I've, I've smoked <laughs> one or two. <laughs> But like, like the rookies, they don't really know how to hit it. But he was like, if you just like puff it, it's not going to do nothing. He goes, let's make sure you get a good high. So he was like training me. I'm like doing like blunt boot camp in the middle of a church. And there's like cops riding by. Oh, man, that's crazy. Which is, So he's only saying he did basketball, but he's also not telling you he's an MMA fighter. Oh, you did MMA so, too? Oh, yeah. But by the time I was doing there, I was a little more... Did you experimental? Did you? Did, I mean, did you have fights and stuff, or yeah, you I'm just train? Oh, really? Yeah, nice, dude. That's yeah. what's so up, dude. I, uh, I, MMA is my my oh, favorite. Cool. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I thought about you the other day mm-hmm. because this is random. You know that show Love Is Blind? Yeah, yeah. All right. There's a this new season. There was some sort of love triangle in in this season, mm-hmm. and this guy was trying to steal the other guy's girl. Mm-hmm. But the guy tried. Do you know what I'm talking about? I started watching. I quit watching it. I don't I watch it by the way. Okay. So you guys are you get, you're but, filling me in. Well, it's me it's a very very simple. It has nothing to do with the show really. But the guy who I was trying to explain to my wife because the guy who was trying to steal the other guy's girl, the guy doing the stealing, yeah, had cauliflower ears mm. and i was telling my wife i was like you normally want to defend her honor mm-hmm. but that's the wrong fucking guy yeah. to do that i don't know what he did to get the cauliflower they never explained that's yeah. usually a wrestling thing right yeah, yeah. yeah. Wrestling, wrestling or jujitsu right yeah like, you can get it from jujitsu any type of grappling yeah. where you get rubbed on your ear it's gonna, yeah because I, I was like why is this guy so confident to just walk up to the guy and try to take really, his girlfriend i didn't really get it bad i, I did like, have it a couple times where it was yeah. like but I would you take a syringe and then you stick it into your ear, no. and pull the cartilage out, all of it out. Oh. So yeah. you can get rid of it. Yeah, yeah it's just you, cartilage. So it's like a badge of courage. You, 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 you have to do it within quickly. like the first day or two because then it does harden, and then you have to get surgery if you wanted to fix I it. Know. Yeah. You see those people with those little ear? I'm like, how do you even I hear? Mean, yeah, I, I saw people who looked like they had like alien heads where they just had like yeah. little pinholes uh, in the side of their head. I ain't gonna lie. I've been I'm ma- too vain. I can't be like that. I <laughs> yeah. can't be like you're yo, not vain. I can't <laughs> be looking ugly. So like I'm like I gotta fix 
all of this. I've been married 17 years, and if I was at a bar and a guy with cauliflower ears came out and started hitting on my wife, I would just give her to him. <laughs> you <laughs> you want to like, buy a hey, couple sorry. drinks? That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not messing with that shit. <laughs> yeah, my wife didn't get it. I was like, that guy, you just have to shoot him. There's yeah. no, like, there isn't, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I was like, MMA is, <laughs> like, a superpower. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the one who created this, but, like, I think Jocko Willink one time said, if you train three months in jujitsu, it's like a superpower and 90% of the world probably can't really fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can get caught in the street. You never know when weapons come out. You don't know when you get jumped. But in a one-on-one situation, mm-hmm. not too many people can fuck with you. I need to get to learn some jujitsu. It's, it's, I mean, I'm a teacher, good. so we don't know what's I mean, going to happen. You girls, day. yeah, you all the teachers need to be learning something. I keep seeing them I'm, getting beat up oh, on the internet. Yes, <laughs> yes. substitute. Listen, oh, my God. I, all right, so th- what is your opinion on which uh, one? Of the one where the substitute <laughs> is the switch dog walked that little girl. <laughs> because okay, so the situation the Long one where walk. she took the phone. Yes. So um the the backstory is actually she was videotaping the teacher and taking pictures of her she's not supposed to. So she took the phone, which is the school's policy, it's the county's policy. So I take kids' phones all the time. You're gonna hit me, I'm gonna fall on the ground. And I'm going to cry, and then I'm going to take you for every wick check, wick check in us, fancy food stamp your parents' worth. But they will, um, she, she grabbed her by the hair, and at first she just pushed her back. And I was like, all right. And then she just started pummeling that girl. I was like, every person that was ever mean to you in your life, she just took it out on that girl. And um, as, an, as, a, as an educator, I have to say that might not have been appropriate. However, I mean, kids. you want to bring it. If I you want to bring support. it, and she's like, give me my phone. And did have a mother say she was going to meet me in the parking lot afterwards after I took her her daughter's phone. And I was like, okay. But I've had students threaten me before. And usually, because I've taught inner city for a while, I had a kid with scissors go, what would you do if I stab you in the throat with this? Die. And I said, I don't <laughs> think you have to worry about what I would do. Why don't you look behind you? And you have like four guys standing up. I was like, you better worry about them. And they're like, just hit her. Hit her once. And I was like, what are you doing? You know, And he's like, I wanted to kick this kid's ass for so long. <laughs> they're like, I get bouncers in my room, so I don't have to too much worry. But see, that's so crazy. No. That uh, My thing is, I think, because uh, there have been arguments on the internet, and actually even some other comics I've had conversations back and forth that are like, you never put your hand on a student. And I'm like, listen. If people are going to raise kids ignorant enough to put their hands on adults, some at some point, either we're all going to live our lives yeah. at the behest of crazy children or somebody at some point, if your parents aren't going to put their hands on you and correct you, somebody's going to have to. I'll, I'll say this. One day, these kids are going to talk to somebody and they're not going to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I've been talked to by a lot i've had kids say what would you do if and i say i'll I'll, you'll see but they're scared of me a little bit because i guess i'm resting bitch face but they um they just if you think and i've told kids before one day i'm not going to be a teacher and you're going to come up and you're going to talk to somebody the way you're talking to me and they're not going to have the training to keep themselves calm and you're going to get it and when that happens I hope I'm there to watch and videotape it because I'll go viral. But, yeah, they, they're just like, and I say, you're going to get it. And then sometimes it happens. So it's it, kind of nice. If you're an, a high school teacher, man or woman, in a 
student walks up and punches you in the face, like you you can't return fire. Like you can't. You can defend yourself to the best of your ability. We're okay. supposed to try to. It's and called it's CPI. The best of your ability. You're is supposed to do the dog this. shit out of the kid. You're supposed yeah. to yeah. bob and weave. Yeah. My ability is pretty high level. But <laughs> after seeing what happened to the one teaching assistant, where the guy just came up from behind her, now yeah. as a special ed teacher, I get it. You ha- you never turn your back. Yeah. But. He knocked that Not chick so lab, far. You know. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and Them kids are strong. <laughs> they are. They're, and, and they have a lot of, you know. They, <laughs> it's true. So you just, but my favorite, those are like my favorite kids to teach. So they're more real. Yeah. Like I, I love those videos of teachers just kicking the shit out of it. Because the kids now are, and I don't have kids, so I guess easy for me to say, but they're so bold. I mean, she came behind the desk. And then swung first. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, you're an adult, especially because I'd understand if the video was her beating the crap out of a third grader. This wasn't. At this point, that girl was probably she was same same height. Just I mean, the lady outweighed her a little yeah. bit, but I mean, let's right, be honest. Yeah, you're gonna point, come at me. Don't don't come for me because you're gonna get me. Yeah. And the thing is, I've always had that attitude because I've taught inner city. It's like if you come for me. You better be ready to get me. And then they're like, the kids are like, I think you might hit me. And I'm like, well, you don't know, but I'll tell you what, I didn't take my meds today. <laughs> and then they're like, oh. And so it, you have to demand that. You, you have, have to establish. You have to crazy the crazy. Y- yeah. 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 You have to meet them. I never say, like, I, you have to meet them at their crazy. So, and then, you know, and then now I teach kids who are like, I don't have sauce for my nuggets. And I'm like, Get out of my face. Like, <laughs> Go a punch or something, bitch. I know, like, what they're just doing, like, man? pop off. Can I call my mom? I need I need some sauce for my nuggets. And I'm like, are, are you serious? They're like, yeah. And she called her mom. Her mom brought her. I'm like, you're the problem. Yes. You're right. Yeah, 100%. I, I can't with some of these children. Yeah. But the thing that's weird is that the parents will defend it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, for your kid... I mean, when when the kid's mom said she was going to fight you in the parking lot because you took the kid's phone. Well, what, she was kid? on the phone with her. She said, I was on the phone with her. I said, I don't care if she was on the phone with Jesus. I told her to get off that phone. But the thing is, too, like any of these kids acting up, I mean, they're coming from a situation where they weren't raised yes. right to begin with. Yeah. So, I mean, I imagine their parents are just as shitty. Right. Well, I wouldn't say poopy, but I would say... <laughs> That they do a lot of kids like we. I have one girl. She's very aggressive, and like, she come in my room, they'll cry at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. And that someone said something to. Well, her. that's the thing about anger, right? Because it, it's borderline. I mean, it's anger is just an emotion, and it's the strongest one and the easier easiest one yeah. for us to grasp. But really, anger is just a mask for passion. Yeah, I'll just hold you back. Something that she's really probably dealing with. You have I mean, to come off that, that way, right? Mm-hmm. The kids were bugging her, so she was, and she was like fuck you and stuff and i said go to my office we sat in my office i was she told me what's happening i called the two kids that were bugging her and i was like don't do it again or you're gonna deal with me and she was now she's fine but the thing is she's hard on the outside so that nobody comes after mm-hmm. her and they we have a lot of kids that deal with i mean lot. i was that i i was that i was the only latino fuck i was the only diversity in the town i grew up in and my dad of course i look italian but my dad is an afro latino mm-hmm. so like th- i would hear different things so like at one point i'm just like I'm gonna let everybody know I'll whoop their ass if they got an issue. So like that just kind of became my identity. Just always be hard, didn't show any weakness. And, and now now I'm having to fucking unbury myself right. from all of that type of well, shit. Well, and now 
the way to do it, you just make jokes. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. And, I, and I've learned I'm not good at roasting people. I can't do oh, that's it. What I, that's I'm what way I too do. sensitive. <laughs> and I don't want to. And, and I'm sensitive about that. But I just talking to someone, I, I, that's where you get a lot of your jokes from. Like, look at this asshole over here. And then you can. Yeah. So I think that's where it brings to comp. Like, that's a lot of people go, oh, I bet you get a lot of material from those kids i'm like dude they're special ed i can't make fun oh, of shit. them yeah, <laughs> yeah you can no, that's a hot topic right now nah. i just words coming back can you imagine <laughs> those kids seeing their teacher on social media like these are word kids <laughs> oh. <laughs> so a couple of them have found me as soon as they find mm-hmm. me block yeah because yeah. i don't need them like mm. but i'll never be the teacher with the only fans because those are the ones making money. I'd probably only have one fan. I'd have only fan. So that game, Lisa. I'm amazed at some of these teachers what they do. You like you're? Are you against that? 100. percent Sleeping with students. Sleeping with students. Yes, but I mean, like if they're doing like if they're doing like only fans, making an only fans. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Fuck these kids. Fuck those kids. No, please don't. This is your career. No, I don't. I'm amazed by that too, though, because like there's some really beautiful women <laughs> sleeping with 13 year old kids, and I just don't understand it. Like, got that riz. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm like, are these kids that they they got it's that, that much razor game? scooter? Yeah, they got the new razor scooter. What to, be, back in the day. what to be fair? A lot of these situations that like, look, no, I've watched some of these stories. Yeah, and what they're doing now, and I'm guessing, I guess you can tell us because it seems like there's a shortage of teachers. And they just hire anybody. Yeah, and they're hiring a lot of these very attractive young woman teachers straight out of college and dropping them into high schools. So now it's like a 17-year-old boy and his teacher's 23. Sometimes 22, 23. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Like that's a that's a smaller age gap than me and my wife. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, so it's like yeah. it's it's such a weird. I'm, I'm not I, condoning it, but it's like all right, this is actually you're almost setting these people up. Yeah, they so groom in now. I'll tell yeah. you, because God, I'm deep in, into this. So I'm, I'm deep. I've had I've had <laughs> don't six, be exposing yourself. Six right? inches. No, when I was my first uh, my kid, my junior, I did a junior man. intern. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a junior in college, I was doing my junior internship. I didn't, I was a bartender and I worked at a nightclub and there was this guy that was always in there and oh yeah, we had a great time and you know, and I wore a little mini skirt and I went to school one day and there's this dude standing there and I was like, oh my God, you're here too? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, cause he knew I was in college to be a teacher and I had, he had a fake ID, so I had no clue what his real age was. a student? Yeah. Uh, and he's sitting there, and he could sit down, and I go, why are they putting us in the same class? That doesn't even make sense. And he's like, yeah, I know, that's crazy. And I'm like, so we both had the same teacher? And he's like, yeah, so now he's thinking I have a fake ID, and I'm really <laughs> young. And I'm, but I said, no, I'm, you know, I'm going to school for, to be a teacher. He goes, well, everybody wants to be a teacher. I was like, no, idiot. I'm really like so I'm the teacher brings right now. the teacher brings me up and she's like and we have Miss Rodriguez and everybody and you just see him sitting at his desk starting to sink <laughs> down and trying to get out of the class and I'm like oh my like I had I was going to go on a date with him that Friday night and I was uh, like oh my God. <laughs> no, that's, if you haven't put that on stage yet I, that's a I don't even know that's, how to write it you, that's yeah. a bit you gotta sit in there and fucking is, it, bomb with it it yeah. was it the, out. that's yeah, a fun that's a story no, I've always yeah. been really scared like because I was like are you and then 
the funny thing is, I had a cell phone number, so if he was absent for class, I'd be like, and where are you? What <laughs> club were you at? See? It was like, it's, it's writing itself. And you know, when you have some kids come up, girls come up, they're like, yeah, give me one. And I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, what are you doing here? And they're like, oh, I'm like, I know you're in 18, and get out, because I was I, I had to pay my way through school, so I bartended, no. which I stood to just stay a bartender, made a lot more money. Yeah, well, for <laughs> sure. Here's my, so here's my uh, <laughs> student sleeping with teacher story. <laughs> when I was, uh, actually, I, and I do tell this on stage, when I was um, in elementary school, I went to this Montessori school in New York, and our teacher ended up going to prison because she was having sex. Well, she, was ha- she had a long-term relationship with this boy starting when he was 12. All the way up until he was in of age. Yeah. What happened was he ended up becoming an NYPD officer. Shut up. And they got into some sort of dispute. And he was like, well, you've been having sex with me when I was since I was 12. And he told on her. Right. That's kind of a dick move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but so. <laughs> and I have all this material. I'm working a real on. dick, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> so I have all this material I'm working on. But when I did my first album, I told the story on the album not thinking about it me and my wife go to new york i did a couple shows in new york and i'm walking her around showing her like all right this is where i went to school this is where i did that da, da. i'm walking by the school and i'm showing her the elementary school and again it's a monastery school it's a private school the door opens up and she walks out she still works there because it's a private school and her family owns it Mm-hmm. So I guess once she, yeah, I guess once she got out of jail because she spent two years in jail, she just went right back to work at the school. So I'm standing there on the corner, just in the street in Manhattan, talking to her, and she's like, "Oh, so how's you know how's life going? What's going on?" Blah blah blah. blah. And I'm telling her about like, "Oh, this is my wife. I live in Florida." And I started to mention comedy, mm-hmm. and then it clicked in my head. Holy shit! I told the whole story about you in my album. Oops. I just glazed over. I'd yeah, never mentioned gave, comedy. You gave it yeah. a download. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. man. What you doing, man? By the way, yeah. I do remember you. I had uh, two. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I had uh, these twins in high school. They were uh, blonde, blonde girls, right? And one of them, my junior year, slept with our golf coach, right? And like had a continuous relationship with him. And that dude quit his job and left his wife. For, for, no, this wasn't in Brevard. No, no, this was no, in well, South, Car- South Carolina. <laughs> but that dude quit his job and left his wife for her. And as soon as he did that, she broke up with him. And then, oh, and then the guy killed himself. And then my senior year, same girl, same set of twins. It was just this one girl. She dated our math teacher, and he also left his wife and quit his job. She didn't. She didn't break up with him though. <laughs> like, oh, they're, they're still together. I don't know. Oh, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure. Love wins. But yeah. they. But she literally oh, had yeah. two different teachers quit for her. Yeah, like, she oh, a succubus. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. I mean, she's doing something. Yeah, but like, Jesus. but also like she. Like like the first guy that she, like the golf coach, he, whatever you think a golf coach looks like, that's what he looked like. You know what I mean? He was like a <laughs> 45, 50 year old dude, kind of pot belly, like, you Miser. know. Like, yeah, exactly. Like always, just a nerdy kind of. Golf pencil in his yeah, front pocket. Yeah, exactly. I was just hoping it was like, please God, don't be in Florida. I'm so tired of it. No, Everything no, happens is, in Florida. No, this is I mean, whether we're just a punchline with the easy punchline for people who don't know how I to know. make jokes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing. What happened with Carrot Top? Where he became like the the fucking punchline. Yeah, for everything. And Carrot Top is actually a very funny, hilarious. Comedian. Yeah, everybody has so, you know, just everybody's like, oh, Florida, Florida, and I'm like, well, if you you know what, don't visit. 
move or, or don't move here you know if you don't like it so much move yeah please don't move here <laughs> to be fair i don't think eugene is the one that gets to make this argument because he's the mma fighting alligator wrestling puerto rican know, from right? florida he's yeah. like yeah. he is florida man yeah you know? yeah man i've been yeah in but he's streets. the clean cut version of florida man he's yeah. not throwing a burrito and trying to knock somebody out with it that's yeah. very true yeah, yeah. No, I wish somebody tried to knock me out with a burrito. <laughs> 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 I'll catch that thing. Data Mexican. Mid <laughs> Yeah. So how did you get into alligator wrestling? I've never asked you that. Yeah, what happened there? You say it like it was like, <laughs> like, like it's a drug, like it's yeah, like it's yeah, heroin, like yeah, happened? like like I just fucking OD'd or something. <laughs> no, I just feel like one day you're you're there and someone's doing. It, you're like, you know what? Get out of the way. I well, got like, this. <laughs> like anybody who knows me, like really knows me in my day to day, knows that I'm a, like a big animal like activist i'm a big into wildlife when i was a kid i used to want to be steve Irwin. Mm-hmm. like i grew up in the middle of nowhere once we left florida as a kid like i was in the middle of nowhere so i would be that kid that was out in the woods catching shit and i wanted to have my own like wildlife show and then as a comic i had the open availability and i was like you know what i've always wanted to work with larger animals just fucking go do it and did you get just, trained they go, how do, well, I'm just throw you in. I mean, how do you just so the first, get on top? Yeah. Well, uh, the, the interview really is you walk into the, the arena and they go, hey, grab one of those alligators by the tail and pull it up on the sand. So that's the interview. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't tell you. They just go grab it by the tail and then pull mm-hmm. it up here. Mm-hmm. So you have to pull like an eight-foot alligator up onto the sand. Hmm. Um, then you do get trained, but the training is very... Uh, Really, minimal really, really quickly so his mouth is tapered he's no, just no, loose no 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 tape so you could yeah. you could really bomb that interview and end up with like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah no yeah, arm yeah, or some yeah. shit guess i'm not getting a job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no tape so you do you do get trained and they tell you like how to do, do certain moves but really it's on yourself it's really it's like i could tell you how to do comedy but once you get on that stage it's you and that's kind of the same yeah. thing like they could go hey watch out for this watch out for that this is how you would like like jump it was what we'd call when we literally jumped on jumped the back on, yeah. of it but like you this is how you do it but we Did can't you do, to do it the for thing you. with the chin yeah uh yeah I'll, so I, i've put my hand in their mouth so i've hmm. done everything but to pass the test you have to pass a test let's see how many times i think you have to wrestle like 26 alligators back to back like, what is wrestling it though? <laughs> I mean, we're not going out there and hitting them with the fucking uh, like. What you gonna do? Like, leg drop. I'm not doing frog splashes <laughs> off the rails. That's right. Uh, it's just being able to handle them hands on, grab an alligator and be able to maneuver and be in control of the situation. Do you think that they're? More tame there. No. Where were you doing? They're just pissed. Yeah, more no. pissed. It was Gatorly. I yeah. fucking knew it. Dude. I just wondered if they're like, screw this. I'm gonna eat one day. I'm no, gonna actually, they would arguably they'd probably be more dangerous because there they feed them, so they associate people with food. Yeah. So they're probably more dangerous. Um, a wild alligator tends to be scared of you unless they've been approached by people or people like people. Yeah, they ain't scared of little dogs, are they? Well, they're way smaller. Are you, than yeah, I mean, are you a little dog? That's no, but I see people with those like dogs, and they get into fights with alligators. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, I mean, an alligator's main source of food is like turtles and shit like that. So, oh. like a little dog about the it's size like a of a raccoon, one. basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Which is easy, it's easy to get one. I live on a lake right now. Yeah, I wouldn't be standing by it. <laughs> uh, I think our biggest thing right where I live right now, I rent a place um, in Soto, is otters. Oh, yeah. oh, I love uh, otters. I like otters. otters yeah, are they're cool. cool. Too. 
they're like curious they're like you need to be more worried about the otters because they get a little bit aggressive long story short long you know i just see things that i like to do things i wanted to do and i'm like just go do it because i know i'm capable of it Mm -hmm. like most people see things and they go i would like to do that never been my mindset i'm just like if i want to go do it then i'll just fucking go do it um i always talk about like i i wish i knew we had extra lives because mm-hmm. I love being a comedian. It's really been my dream since I was a kid. But also, there's a lot of other careers I wish I could also do. But, like, you just don't have the time. Yeah. If I you could pick been. one. What's one of them? Yeah, I was going to say. Um, homicide detective. Whew. Oh, that's um, pretty good. I wanted, I love mysteries, and I love solving puzzles, and I love, like, looking at a situation and draw, trying to draw something from nothing. Mm-hmm. I also like helping people. Mm-hmm. So, like, it kind of fits all of those. Yeah. Um, that's that's one of them. I would still want to do my own animal show, which that's still within the realm of possibility. Yeah, with our with our career. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot. I would have continued MMA, maybe. You know, I would. Just there's so much things. Like there's really I can name a thousand jobs I'd want to do. I should have been a chef, a pastry chef, Fuck or yeah. an attorney. Yeah, I definitely should have been an attorney because I'm pretty good at arguing. You, you kind of look like an attorney, to yeah. be honest with you. I just had that bitch look. When I mind. found out you were a teacher, I was like, oh, okay. I, that surprised me. Attorney, and then, I people, been and like, then yeah. people go, oh, special ed. They're like, eh, you look nice. I'm like, yeah. I can be nice. I would have loved, <laughs> loved to travel the world and learn, like, be taught by master chefs all over the world and became that kind of well, chef. As yeah. Well, as a child, all I wanted to do was be a fashion photographer, and I wanted to, like, hang out with eddie murphy because i thought it was funny <laughs> like as i was like i want to i want to be a photographer my ultimate goal in life when i was probably like a teenager was i want to be a sports illustrated photographer mm. and i was like oh you like women i was like uh, it doesn't matter whether i like women or not look at where they go and you're taking pictures and you're you know they take pictures all over the world i was i was fascinated by it but you know i was told that's pretty expensive. And then I was like, well, I'm going to go to law school. I mean, yeah, I came from that kind of town where they're like, hey, you're not going to be anything. Yeah. Pick a factory or go work on a farm somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what Eddie Murphy said when I remember, because I was a big fan of his, I remember his interview and they always said, have a backup. And he says, as long as you have a backup, you'll fall back. I went to school to be a teacher so that I could become a lawyer and then I got my first paycheck. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to pay me to do this. I'm going to be rich. And, I, yeah. I always heard something like I, I'm a big hip hop head. And I think it was Royce the five nine that always said my plan B is to finish plan A. Mm-hmm. And that always <laughs> yeah. stuck with me because I was never like, OK, we're going to do this just in case. Fuck that. I'll go. I'll die before I'm not successful. Well, do you do you do stand up? full-time like you don't have another job no i mean you know as even as like comics i'll pick up like work that pays me like cash but like that's rarely yeah like you know i might do like a job once a month where it's like hey come here and talk to these motherfuckers and we'll give you a couple hundred dollars oh nice but like other than that no just like just just stand up yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's awesome well, I mean, I we I I follow you on social media, so I see you've yeah, been, yeah, yeah. You've been touring around. And yeah, I'm in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina next week. Well, you, I mean, because you, 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 I'm okay. So you headline normally, right? Uh, when I yeah, when I'm not with certain people, yeah, I yeah, yeah, okay. I, I didn't know. All right, so I won't mention. I mean, you can say whatever okay, you right. want. You can say what I mean. I'm an open book. Though. Okay, all right. Well, because so, because you you were with Mencia a lot. Yeah, Carlos is my boy. So. 
like at question you don't have to get into specifics here but like when you work with uh like like him versus when you headline places i make more money working with him that's what i was gonna yeah. ask yeah, yeah yeah i make more money working with him okay um because i'm a nobody i mean i'm a good comic but right i don't have a name right so like you get very low headline pay i mean christie's of it some of oh, it yeah. sometimes yeah. yeah so like you get low like headline pay when i'm with carlos not i get paid well but also everything that i do is paid for so my trip is paid for my rooms are paid for okay. my food is paid for everything that i do is paid for Hell also yeah. that's just, you get first class treatment too, uh, so. yeah i mean i get it i get a flight that comes to me like everything is hell yeah that's so. and that's the, what's up the man. funny thing is when you start headlining and i'm sure you can attest to this is you look up to headliners so much and you get so excited it's like oh man when i can just get to where such and such is when yeah. i can just get to so and such and then you actually start doing some of those gigs and you go, wait a minute, this 250 bucks is what I was excited about this whole fucking time? I feel like a dick. I view it differently. When I was coming up, like, I never seen anybody as other than my peer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like, all these local headliners are, any, regardless of whatever the scene is. Mm -hmm. To me, it wasn't like, these guys are the shit. To me, it was like, okay, we're doing the same shit. Like, a famous headliner is different. But if you're just a dude on the road doing comedy, I'm like, you're just me mm -hmm. doing a longer set. Yeah. That's, how I, <laughs> yeah. that's how I viewed it. It's true. And that's how I tell people, too, that open for me. Anybody who opens for me before the show, I tell them, hey, try to fucking bury me. We're all good comedians here. That's why we're on this show. Go try to bury me. The only thing is I'm going last. And if the time you bury me, maybe it's time for you to start going last. Mm -hmm. So, like. Not only do like I view us all the same and tell them, hey, there's this is no holds bars. Whatever you do, go do. Mm -hmm. But I also encourage them to get to that level too, where it's like we're no different. Maybe I have more years in it than some of these people, but like we're the same fucking thing. Well, I, I, I some, somebody said this to me yesterday about stand up, like, uh, and he goes, we're all like mentors and also mentees in this. Mm -hmm. Like, like mm -hmm. no matter what level you're at, there's always somebody that's doing it better than you. And there's always somebody that's doing it worse than you. I, I don't, I won't make, I haven't made clips, right? I'm not good at it. Mm -hmm. I'm intimidated by it. I wish someone would take some of my clips and make them for me because I don't know how to do it. And then. My, uh, my wife does that. I was oh, okay. Because <laughs> I have all these tape, I, I videotape it. I've tried all these different things. And then I watch it and I'm like, that's horrible. And I just delete it. And then I have a couple of clubs say, hey, you know, we really want you to, you know, you got to send us this. We really want you to move you forward. Da, da, da. And I'm like, uh, okay. And I, I try to make, and I'm like, this is, I don't have that confidence that I do, that others do, but I didn't think I had confidence until I did a show recently and I traveled and I got paid $50 Fuck you. And <laughs> I was like, wow, that's okay. And then I saw someone else who, and I've never, I never really judged, but I was like, they just did the same thing basically I did. They're getting paid more. Uh-uh. I'm not doing, I'm like, that's, that's not, if I'm losing money on it, I usually, I'll travel, I'll do anything. I mean, I, well, not anything, but I travel really far to work. This is a losing money game. Until oh, you but yeah. Money. yeah. Long oh, yeah. time. Yeah. Thank God for taxes and yeah. returns. Yeah. But <laughs> Shit, I pay in every thing, year. <laughs> I had a, I was trying to do an open mic and I did a couple jokes and this guy came up to me. He's like, hey man, I don't know how long you've been doing comedy, but you got some good stuff there. Um, 
And he starts naming comics in Orlando. And I thought there's an open mic there. Maybe I, I've talked to that guy, Carmen, at the improv. Maybe I could get you a couple minutes. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Thank you so much. <laughs> but like, And I'm just like, oh. But I'm never rude because, and they're like, what about this? I, w- I like it when you hear another comic do like a newer joke or something. They go, hey, have you ever thought about doing this? Mm-hmm. And I love it when that happens because sometimes it's good to hear another someone else. Carlos sits in the, se- in the room a lot and tells me shit, which is what's really cool about him is he's invested not just in like, like we're friends, you know, mm-hmm. like, so yeah. like he's like watching me going, Hey, what about this other angle? What about this? Um, I got my special I'm working on. I was going to do it this year, but I think I'm pushing it back one more year for some other reasons I can't mention, but he'll, he sits in there and he goes, dude, if you did it from this angle on every bit, yeah. it almost doubles the amount of jokes you can have in this whole special. Cause the name of my special is small town Latino. And he's mm-hmm. like, dude, now we have to do a comparison of what what would have been different if you didn't come from a small town. Mm-hmm. And he goes, that gives you 50% more jokes that you can add on everything. Yeah. And you need somebody to do that. You have right? to have the people you trust, though. Yeah. Like, I have two mentors. Uh, I'm fortunate enough that they're both great comedians, uh, Dean and uh, Carlos. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you do have to have the people you trust. A lot of people give you shit, too, and I'm goes in one ear, out the other. Um, you get a lot of the people who are like, Maybe they kill out open mics because they're doing fucking uh, fucking them in the ass jokes and shit like that. And then they're just getting these weird. They're getting the fucking drunk weirdos to laugh because, oh, they said fucking the ass. And it's like, yeah. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there bombing because if I go to an open mic, I'm like, I have new premises that I want to work out. And I'm like, okay, let me go in here and fucking bomb on these. That's sort of the purpose of an open mic, though. Like, I mean, if you're going to the open mic and just doing a material. But not everybody knows that, especially at a newer place. I know I did. I was at a place and it was a restaurant. I was actually talking to the people at uh, Lisette's, the comics. And they were like, so what I said, I'm going to tell you the best advice I ever got. If you're doing a place and it's a lot of food and you see people eating don't talk about taking a shit like yeah. that like yeah. nobody wants <laughs> to while while they're sitting there eating something with like ground beef and stuff and you're like so i'm sitting there taking a shit yeah. on some rice <laughs> you you know and i was like oh because i was at an open mic and one of the comedians was talking about crapping down his leg and how it looked like peanut butter, blah, blah, blah. And this guy's eating a Thai salad. Yeah, that peanut butter going, and, girl. That shit's hard and, to wipe. And he was like, it was about. 10, and I don't know what to do. And then I just saw this guy who was, he's like, I like your Thai salad. It almost looked like that. Boom. Guy got up, left. That was the last night of that open mic. And wow. they, they closed it. And they were like, you're... And I said, but that's what you get when you do an open mic. You have to be ready to know that people are bringing a new material. You don't know what you're going to get. Well, comedians, when they start, and I've never seen you perform, but even at seven months, like, you're chasing the laugh. Mm-hmm. And you, when you can't find that laugh off of well-written, good material, mm-hmm. the easy substitution is shock value. Mm-hmm. So now we feel the shock in there, and it gets some reaction. And as long as it wasn't quiet, you feel like you're doing better than that fucking bomb. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, shit, I did it too. We all do it. Like, mm-hmm. I was a fucking Anthony Jesselnick clone my first mm-hmm. year of comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, we all do it. And now I'm, my closer's a 15-minute story. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. you got to be willing to evolve and also know what your faults are. Yeah. A lot of people stay in that in that mindset of just, like, 
all right, this will this will get some type of reaction. But yeah. we're not looking for a reaction. Hey, we're suck my for dick. Fucking laugh. That was Smoke definitely a joint, suck my dick, eat it, some pussy. Yeah, <laughs> there, that was definitely like the first like two months. Yeah. Like it was just like just going up and just trying to elicit laughter. It didn't really matter to me what it was. Um, I've like I'm kind of fortunate. Like Chris, I saw Chris like maybe my third month in, yeah. and I watched him like kill with crowd work and also like just well-structured jokes and jimmy moynihan's like in our group and he's, he's a phenomenal writer he's so good at writing man and so like it it, t- it took me you know like i've been wanting to do this for a long time i just started really late like mm-hmm. i had kids real young and all that stuff and so i i saw the value of like trying to build a set that's like not just like the most shocking thing just like an actual good comedy set that's so. that's a thing people miss out on too yeah so one thing that a good headliner has that maybe the feature doesn't yet is a cohesive set mm-hmm. it's not usually unless you're unless you're just a joke teller which is a it, it's great but yeah. like for the most part i think a set needs to have some type of fucking Love. Like through line, Mission, some like, type yeah, what of you're fucking, trying to get across. Yeah. Like it shouldn't just be a best of. Here's a funny joke about cups. Mm-hmm. Here's a funny joke about the time I had sex with my wife and a dog bit me. Yeah. Here's a fucking <laughs> joke about a fucking. Uh, yeah, you got. You can't just. It, it's like you don't want some. Well, like I have ADD. I have bad ADHD, and I know I take like a little. And if I start getting lost, I know my set, and I sometimes I'll go. It's a teacher set. I got to remember this and this. But I do have it. Like I'll have like three keywords. Because I'll go, I'll, I get lost on whatever. I see a butterfly. I don't know what I'm, what I'm a lot of times I don't know where I'm going to go with it. But I do know within the, the hour that I'm working right now that the ins and outs where I could throw a part or mm-hmm. throw another chunk or throw another chunk and make it still move. But, but like, there's times I'll go on stage and fucking, especially with Carlos, because they're all Latinos in there, and maybe I'm wearing a Puerto Rican shirt, and like there's fucking Puerto Ricans in there, and they just lose their mind. So I go, <laughs> now I got to start with the Puerto Rican shit, even yeah. though that yeah. was not necessarily where I was going, mm-hmm. but I have to now. Um, a lot of people wait for me to do some a bunch of being Mexican jokes, and I'm like, I just don't have a lot. I mean, I grew up in a very strict Air Force Catholic Mexican house, but... I didn't grow up with all my cousins. I have like 80, there's 88 of us. So like, oh, wow. so like for me, you are Mexican. <laughs> so like for me though, even though I do Puerto Rican material, it's all based off of my life. It's right. not like fucking here's some tropes from the island. Yeah, it's, no, but I get, it, I get like, you know, you're, I, and it's funny because, and I might be wrong, but I just feel like growing up, like my friends that were Spanish, that had Spanish parents and black parents, were much more scared of their parents, right? So like I could bring that and I start doing that, but then I start getting into my different, my- I think po- you would get people to connect with you if you talked about your upbringing, because everybody's upbringing is uh, individually unique, but also there's things that people will relate to. So if you came from that material, uh, I mean that military type of- Oh yeah. There's gonna be people that go, oh shit, that's me. Like my whole, my whole hour is a fish out of water story. Mm-hmm. It's me growing up where I did not feel comfortable. And if you could take that, and even though I'm Latino and Chris is black, I don't know how Chris grew up, but if he ever felt like he didn't belong somewhere, you could still sure. find the, the comparisons within that. Yeah, I just, because I, I'll see other comics and I'm like, a lot of people, some comics that are ethnic will be up and white folks, right? White, right? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to try see, that that's yet. Not, that's so, and I get, I try not to do. yeah, I try not to because it's just like, because for the most part, people are like, with that accent, how are you? 
Mexican. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have an accent, but I hear it. Now that I started doing TikToks, yeah. I, I hear my, I hear it, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> She's like, I don't have you, an accent. That makes you, you're <laughs> self-conscious about that, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really I've heard you say that like three or four and times. you need to so. talk about that, too. <laughs> Yo, we had this girl that was Brazilian come through the green room and just hang out. She was a friend uh, that was on the show, and but she was a Brazilian from Kentucky. And she had the thickest Louisville fucking Kentucky <laughs> accent I've ever Weird. seen. And it's just coming out out of this fucking Brazilian's mouth. And I was like, this is like It's the like Twilight an Asian zone. with a Southern accent. You just don't wait. But yeah, I just, um, I'm very self-conscious because like as that growing up, I got picked on a lot. Oh, yeah. Talk so, about it. You yeah. know, and you get. Yeah, you got to get into that trauma. You I wore the back it. brace like the movies, uh, 16 Candles, the girls <laughs> got the big, uh, that was me. Oh, shit. With the big frizzy hair and. So I've always been like really self-conscious and it's so funny because I went to high school and now, I mean, I went to high school here and then I see people and they're like, they'll come to a show, people that haven't seen me, but they know me from, from different walks of life and they'll go, oh my God, you're funny. And I'm like, thanks. Like, did you think I was just showing up like, you know. <laughs> How do you think I got funny? You know, it's <laughs> wearing a back brace and all that bullshit. Yeah. You know, I had uh, that little town I grew up in. I'm not close with any of them, right? But when they found out that I first first guy I worked with that was pretty big would have been Russell Peters took me and did a show. But then when I started going with Carlos, people found out that like oh he opened for russell that one time and now carlos is taking him around and people that didn't fuck with me started <laughs> hitting me up can i get tickets uh, yeah. yes <laughs> on the on like social media and stuff and then like acting like we were friends and mm -hmm. acting like we were people i had kids moms start messaging me like there's one mom that every video i fucking put out she like shares it and she goes oh here's the town superstar i go the town didn't fuck, fuck with me, me. <laughs> <laughs> i go if you listen i'm talking about you guys yeah <laughs> i don't have see and i just grew up like i was very i was and people don't believe it i was i i was people that knew me i was very quiet but people that know me now they're like you never shut the hell up but it, it, you know we all change so um i was guarded a lot i i started doing comedy honestly and my ex doesn't listen to podcasts so i started doing comedy because i went with some, a friend i went with my sister and i saw carlos mencia yeah and somebody said something about going to a class and i was like you know that would actually get me over if i could just be a little bit more funny in the classroom it mm. would get me over the hump of I don't like speaking in front of adults either. So I took a class. I was like, okay, I, I performed. I was actually wearing the shirt the first time I performed at the improv. And I was like, okay. And that was it. People started laughing. I was like, oh, oh, this is good. Like, yeah. because I used to be like, I just want to be Eddie Murphy in the classroom or Joan Rivers in the classroom. Mm. And I remember once I started that, I found my voice. And I'm not blaming comedy for the demise of my marriage. It was already not working out. But I found a family because I have my family. I love my kids. I have everything. But I found that I wasn't just going through everyday life. And I was like, this is I feel like it. I'm the opposite when it comes to that. Yeah. I'm a fucking lone wolf. Like, I don't <laughs> feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm, well, I'm, I move, 
I make moves, I move, but I don't feel like I'm within like, like a part of the yeah, part of the scene. Yeah. yeah. Even even the but Orlando scene at all. Yeah. I mean, well, you say you were with like Dean's one of your mentors. Well, you had some I'm weird. More, I'm Orlando stepson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, but you're still. I mean, that's how I know you through Orlando. Like, if I see you, somebody says, "Oh, you know Eugene." Yes, we know each other. But I know there's support. And when I talk about family, I'm talking about like. I, I just mean say, like nobody knows me like for real like nobody knows me for real. Oh nobody. Oh yeah. I got you. I like, see. Like, the not the real you. But nope. I mean n- nobody. I would even like call and I, it's nothing against anybody. But we just don't have that relationship. Yeah. We're not kicking it outside of if I happen to pass by you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nothing against you or nothing against me. It's just I never felt like I developed into into that. Well, you see a lot of these comedians that. Those are their best friends. Yes. Those, I, that's, that's who not they me, call. That's who they hang out with. Hell, it doesn't have to be comedy. They'll be like, yo, let's go watch this concert. Let's go get something to eat. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. Mm. My fucking best friend in comedy is fucking Dean Napolitano or Carlos Mencia. Mm. And, like, those are who call me to talk. Like, another mm-hmm. comics don't. don't I don't have that. that relationship with really other comics. But, and, and but nothing I, against the scene. But either. I'm talking about. I think the about, scene is brilliant. I think yeah. I'm talking more about support. Like, hey. You know, hey, listen to my set. Give me like we give we. It's not a trying to punch down like, mm-hmm. and so I was like, oh, okay, this is this will work. I cried once. Okay, I've cried a lot, but <laughs> I, I felt like I bombed and I left and I won't walk myself to the car because of a history. And um, I left and Dean called me and said, hey, why did you leave or whatever? And then he's like, I know you you're not happy about it because I've never seen you leave. I was like, yeah. And he goes, Oh my, are you crying? (laughs) And I was like, and he's like, you don't crying. Lisa, stop, stop it right now. And I was like, and he goes, Oh my God, was I such an ass? I go, you weren't, but you were like a parent to me. Like say, no, you're not going to cry about this. You take these notes and move on. And, and like, um, you know, I, I love working with Dean. I like working with you. There's some comedians well, you when know, I, say I that, like. like to I work. don't feel a part with it. I do care about the scene though. Yeah. Like like I'm not one of the I don't feel like I'm competing with anybody. Some comics feel like they're competing with people. I'm in my own lane. Mm-hmm. I want you to be successful. I would love for you to fucking blow up tomorrow. Right. I just met you, but if you fucking blew up tomorrow, I'd be fucking happy for you. Same with you. I like, hope this it is not <laughs> But you know what I think also you're coming from because there's i have kind of the same feeling i'm getting more into our scene yeah you yeah. know and participating yeah, chris was gone for the yeah, first I was gone yeah he's I, for a while whatever but what i also think happens is there's certain people in the comedy scene that comedy is really like the only thing they have going on in like their whole lives mm-hmm. yeah and those people it becomes like even if they're not good, there's a lot of people who aren't even good at stand up, but stand up is their whole life. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and I think, I think yes. there's this weird separation between people that like are successful people, and by success, I don't mean them have a bunch of money, but I just mean like, it's like their they're lives. Not, yeah. they're, and they're, they're it's not, not always a competition. Like I'm, yeah. I'm competitive with other certain. I mean, when I step on the stage, I'm like, let me tear the motherfucker right. down. But yeah. like, yeah. it's like I, like I said, I. I tell my openers, try to bury me. I want you to really fucking kill. 
Like, no. and I mean it. It's not like it's not like bullshit. Like, I want you guys to do well. I mean, like, if you have now the permission anytime to hit me up, I'll give you any advice that I can give you. Right. Like, that's the kind of guy I am. I'll sit and I'll talk for hours and give you anything that I've been given. But I'm also not the guy that like now I'm hanging out at these mics and then I'm hanging with the friends and mm-hmm. now we're going and fucking I doing do, a shit. A lot of us literally, like I for I for one, literally don't have the time mm-hmm. to hang out the way that a lot of comics hang out. Yeah, it's like I have a mortgage, I have a job, I have hey, a I wife. Have I do feel like it was like, detrimental though. I do, do feel mean? like oh, not to do it. I feel like not being the kick it guy. Oh, absolutely, was detrimental. Absolutely. Like, Early I, I, on, like I absolutely. feel like there's spots that I don't get even to this day. Mm-hmm. And once again, I don't give a fuck. It has nothing. I don't mm-hmm. care. But like, I feel like there's spots that like I'm not in people's mind when they go, "Hey, we're doing a show." Mm-hmm. Oh let's, yeah, let's I, bring I used him to be. In. I think I used to be a little bit more in the scene, and now I'll see something. I'm like, oh well, I guess that happened. But I mean, honestly kind of busy but it's not that i don't want to i just like i get home and i've had why don't you come up to bull and bush tonight i'm like yep i'll be there and i wake up and i'm like oh my god it's 10 o'clock because i sat down <laughs> from dealing with special ed kids all day yeah. and i'm like well you don't want to do it twice yeah, yeah. well yeah. i mean some people are a little bit like special ed kids but yeah it's and but it's always a good time and i just feel like sometimes i get to go on stage and i do something i'm outside of my comfort zone but well, and you've known me long enough to know that before I go on, I am a nervous wreck. Yeah, mm. right. You drive it, me nuts when you go ready. I'm like, okay, I got I got to pee three times. I got this. I got that. I have a little cell phone that was belonged to my. She's son. all over the place. I've, it, it's it's very <laughs> nervous. Every time we work together, I go, Lisa, you've done it long enough. You've trust done this yourself. how long? You've got to trust, trust that you're doing yourself. a good job. And I'm like. But what if no one? And that's when that one time that I bombed with Dean, he said, Lisa, you know what? He's sitting in the back. It was at the villages. And he's like, you could literally hear that it, there wasn't very many people. And and I'm thinking, for me, every time's an audition, right, or whatever. And I'm like, I you take it seriously. He goes, you should be that passionate about it. But the minute you start not getting what you think should be hitting, you start speeding up. And you just want the hell off that stage. Like, <laughs> and these are my jokes. And I got to go, bye-bye. <laughs> and, I, and it's like, uh Oh, and I was like, you know what? And he goes, go back and listen to it. And I was like, oh, and I knew right where it happened. And he's like, that's you have to listen to yourself. And I was like, do you have any idea what it's like to hear me? Uh, we, but we all feel that. Yeah. We, yeah. All, we all. I hate that. the sound of my voice. Yeah. I hate it so and much. And like you've and moved forward. I got forward. a sultry voice, but I can't listen to No, it. I don't. I sound like <laughs> I've, I've been gargling rocks. I was going to say something more inappropriate. But like I see people that are done it not as long and they're very successful and they go really fast. And I've had a couple people be like, well, doesn't that bother you? And I'm like, no, not really. Because here's the thing. If I re- I mean, I think I could do better. I think I could go faster. But that would require. Do you know how I got to be at work and I've got to deal with kids, people's children. And then and there are teachers that do it. And then I got to get off work and I have to ask, can I leave early? Can I? So I've got other stuff and I have other things in my life going on. So it's OK for me. I'm, I enjoy it and I like it. Mm-hmm. So. But you do you still fe- fear the bomb? Oh, yeah, I, I, I can't perform if I. My brother's going to be there tonight. Because I don't fear the bomb no more. I understand that it's a reality. I would prefer not to bomb. I laugh. It's funny to me when I'm bombing because I'm like, oh, shit. But it's a a reality that we all go through. So I don't really fear it. I do 
I, I want to do my best not right. to bomb. I want to try to pull myself out of one if I'm bombing. But in my mind, I'm like, this, I mean, it just wasn't my night, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm not so much afraid of the bomb. I just get nervous because I'm, I don't like, first off, I don't usually like public speaking. So I feel like everybody's watching yeah, but you me. You became and a they're teacher judging. and a comedian. They are, they are and then, watching and then, you. <laughs> but I'm not like a, yeah, fuck these kids. But I'm, you know, because. It's Always fucking. But, but, uh, but I just, I Siempre. feel like it was funny because Dean said, and I, I, I go back to that. That was such a poignant part of me, of a learning curve for me, because he's like, learn to sit in the silence. And I was like, I do you have that. any idea? And I've heard it, but that it hit me that night. And he's like, first off, I need you to stop crying. And you don't need to be liked by everybody. And he gave me this. And the funny thing is he's given me a speech that I give to other teachers, to students. I had a teacher yesterday. She's looking at a job. And I said, and she's like, but what about this? And I said, can you just sit for a minute? Sit in the silence and be okay with it. And it'll work. And she's like, and I said, it'll just learn to be okay with not being number one all the time and i was like and of course i probably should be listening to this because i'm probably we gonna all, bomb I mean, tomorrow. we all have a lot of own advice that we yeah. should probably take from i mean well. honestly comedians most of us come from some type of Trauma. issue some type <laughs> of background there's something out there that you have to laugh at it but the silence just means they're engaged sometimes they're listening to you i can't stand it when they're polite though and they're like but then you also don't want a heckler so um, I, I got some that Steve Heitner, the he was Kenny Bannon on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. I got to open for him. That was hmm. such That's an cool. honor for me. And I said, I don't want you to watch my whole set because I know everybody asks you to. I just, if you hear it, if you can. And he gave me really good advice. And he's like, before you go on, you asked me, this is what I'm going to tell you. And I, and I changed and I made a couple adjustments and I got off. And I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan and all that, but mm-hmm. I, no. you know, his Kenny Bannon's thing was <laughs> it's gold, right? And I got off I the like stage Jerry, you know. and I looked at him and I said, oh my God, it worked. And he fists on me and he goes, you know what? It's gold. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yay! Like I got to, that was, those are big moments. Like who's the most besides like, what's the one moment where you're like, I can't believe this just happened. Hmm. Besides, you know, your teacher that slept with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> In comedy, um, actually recording the album was one of those things where I was like, why am I here? Like, I should not be doing this I mean, this I'd right be now. like, oh, I'm not ballsy enough to do it. Yeah. I mean, scared. for me, um, we all want a lot of success i mean you're in this because you want success and sometimes your success gets gets lost on, in the hustle where you're like i'm not where i want to be yet and sometimes i take a step back and i go dude a comedian that you used to watch when you were 12 mm-hmm. is one of your closest friends now yeah and then i have to go that's already success yeah right and it, it's sometimes it is surreal where it was like, yo, the hurricanes just hit, and fucking Carlos called me, the, just to check in. Nothing about comedy. Just like, yeah. yo, there's some hurricanes. You good? And like, and he called me. He was one of two people who called me. So like <laughs> that. That's surreal. Or the fact that like every now and then, uh, Russell will hit me up, and fucking he always calls me Mijo. <laughs> so he's, he's like, he's like, what's up, Mijo? How you doing? But it's just, it's, it's. 
surreal a little bit because these were guys I was such a comedy fan like it's all I loved really and I used to just sit home and watch comedy all day long so to be in a position where these guys are our friends like uh, me and Clara so closer than me and Russell but Rob we still consider each other friends if if we were walking down the street he would come over and say what's up and he messages me every now and then mm-hmm. or just like just to get like a fucking like from one of them yeah like like, mm-hmm. like Hey, these are shows I'm on. This I posted about fucking Space Coast, and if you go back and look at my Instagram, fucking Russell Peters is one of like twelve likes on there. I'm like, I got twelve likes as one is fucking the most famous comedian in the world. Yeah, and I don't. I see, and I'm always like, I, I'm, I want to be, I want to meet someone, but I never but, go. But I haven't moved that forward yet. But but it doesn't come the way you think it's gonna come. It doesn't happen the way you think yeah. it's gonna happen. Um, you can't will that in. No, it's in, not just going to. Into, gonna, into it, existence. It, I, not to tell the whole story, me and Carlos got linked together because I went and did a gig that I didn't want to do. It was some fucking uh, gated community gig. And I didn't want to do it. And my wife goes, just say yes to everything this year. Just take every fucking yeah. thing you do this year. And so I was like, okay, I'll fucking go do it. And I went out there. And somebody was in the crowd who happened to know Carlos. So that guy came up and started talking to me. A year and a half later, Carlos is at the Orlando Improv, and he he doesn't have his feature that's traveling with him no more. So he calls me and goes, hey, you want a feature this weekend? And then we had a good set. I had put in the work that, like, I'm going to have a good time. Dropped a couple of killer yeah. sets, and he's like, dude, come do some shows with me. But that came from doing a gig that I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. It didn't come from me going, I got to hang out around all these people. Yeah. Or like, let me try to ask somebody to bring them on me on the I, road. I, and or I don't want to be that like person, that. right? So, um, but there, I've seen, I'm like, it just happens. And I'm like, one day it'll happen. And it's funny because for, for a bit, I was like, do I have to start living in my car? Like, <laughs> I, I was just, going to. You know, <laughs> I've, 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 this is crazy. But. I mean, my house caught fire last year, so I about was living uh-huh. in a car. Thank God my friends let me live with them. Fuego. But it was, <laughs> I, you know, and comedy was, comedy, I will say, has gotten me out of a lot of depression sometimes because Facts. I have to get out of it. And um, there's only one other, there's probably one comedian that knows. And I told him, if you hadn't called me that night, you saved my life that night because it was not a good night. And he mm-hmm. was like, uh, and I was like, yeah, keep drinking your old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Like, cause we were drinking and I said, I wasn't booked. A lot was going on. And I said, I, I was just thinking, I'm going to quit this. I really don't care. And I got a text and said, Hey, I need you to do this. And I was like, really? And then I got the phone call was like, yeah, I, can you do it? And I was like, yeah, can you be clean? And that was silent. But uh, you just be be clean. Actually, I think I'm pretty clean compared to some. But I was clean uh, is very subjective. But mm-hmm. for me, there was a date, and I was like, "Well, something you're looking If anything bad's going to happen to me, because like I just was like, I don't care. I I had an ill. I was thinking I'm not going to get anything fixed. Whatever was going on with me, and I was like, well, now I can't because I got a show. So I have to. It's like them old people who put the books and they got to finish the books yeah. before they die. So I just got to keep getting booked so that I, you know. So you don't I, and Well, no, not off myself, but I have like, I'm having oral surgery in July and I've got to take, according to the doctor, two to three weeks off, which is not going to be easy. And of course now, 
there's some people who'd be very happy I won't be able to talk. But <laughs> that's going to be, I have to learn to sit in the silence. Can I, but, can I ask you guys an advice question? Yeah, not, sure. to, not to change it too much, but yeah. just, just. Yeah, I, and then I've got to hit it because I know you, yeah, no, you got to go. Uh, I'll just end it, yeah. Uh, an hour already. What are you guys doing right now that, like, every other comic should be doing? You know uh, what I mean? It does, like it doesn't have to be anything like too crazy, but just like something that you 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 know that you're doing, or you know that you're doing, you know that you're doing that you see other comics like making that mistake, or they're not doing it. I'm honest with myself. Okay, I'm very honest with myself. I'm honest with my material. I have bits that I know will kill, but for the grand scheme of things, I know they're not worth doing still. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I'm working on a cohesive hour set that I'm going to use as a special but it's not it's not just the best of jokes mm-hmm. and I'm willing to I don't fall in love with any bits a lot of people fall in love with their bits because they get a couple laughs and, and then they don't want to let that evolve mm-hmm. or they're scared to throw it away mm-hmm. um, I'll throw bits away even if they kill actually fucking Carlos is the one who told me to do that I had a bit that murdered, and he goes, dude, that bit was great. And I go, you know, honestly, I don't like it. And he goes, you don't like it? And I go, nah, not really. It just works. And he goes, never do it again. Mm-hmm. And I've yeah. never done it again. Wow. And um, I think I I think I write more than most. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a long way of saying I think I write more than most. And I don't know if it's – I do not necessarily mean sitting down pen and paper – but I really focus on coming up with new material mm-hmm. and improving that way. And I'll put time out of my day to to do that. I treat this, sh- I mean, it is my job. Yeah. So I treat this shit like a job. If you're fucking laying concrete, you don't get to go, well, you know what? I, I don't really want to start until 3.30 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. fuck it. <laughs> you know what? Let's <laughs> not do any going. today. Right. Um, Thank you, Lisa, I for being with us. Yeah. 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 Uh, so like, I think treat it like a job. Mm-hmm. Treat it like this is the best fucking thing in the world. That's why we do it. Yeah. So treat it like like we're waking up and we're clocking in. I wake up every morning and have coffee. And I, whether I'm just sitting in my thoughts or maybe I do pull out the laptop and type just something. Mm-hmm. But I put it in at least an hour a day just fucking working. Mm-hmm. Um, I go back. I watch old sets. After every show, I'm just fucking drive home. I put that piece of shit set yeah, on. And same I fucking, I fucking listen to it. And I could kill. It could have been a kill by the, by the crowd's perspective. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going, what the fuck was wrong with this? Yeah. What's this? And it's, it's being, it's work. Mm-hmm. This is fun. But don't let it get lost at its work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good advice. A- along the lines of what you're talking about, writing things that fit in your special, what you're working on, mm-hmm. one of the things I'm doing is I have like three specials that I'm working on. I know you were telling me about some of like, yeah. some of your ideas. Yeah. So the idea is if I write something, it might not necessarily fit what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. But I won't get rid of it. I'll just set it to the, hey, that's kind of more along the lines of what this special is going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as I write things, I'm like, piecing it. this doesn't work right for this, but it'll work in this. And this doesn't work. And I have separate notebooks for Mm. these things. So hopefully in the future, eventually these will end up being three hours and I'll be able to. I I agree with that. When I say throw it away, I don't mean yeah, like, let, like let, literally forget yeah. it and throw it away for life. But. Maybe someday that comes back. Like no. I have in my hours right now, I have a joke that I told my first year in comedy, but it 
it wasn't really strong enough until I found the spot to put it in. Mm-hmm. And it's just a fucking one-liner joke that just fits within a story that like I brought back and it just fits perfect. So it's not like throw it away forever unless you don't like it. If it, if you don't like it, fucking get rid of it. Yeah. And I bet you you'd agree with this. I've also looked at my like old notebooks mm-hmm. and found premises that I didn't have the skill level yet. Yeah. To really make work back then. And now that I'm five years in, I can now make something out of that old uh, premise. I, I have I have a whole page 100%. of like these are stories I want to tell. I'm just not ready to tell them. So yet. I have when I I had a bit go semi viral on TikTok, got like 250 thousand views, and some comic came up to me and goes, "Hey, you're really leaning into." Uh, the Puerto Rican thing now, and I go. It's not that I'm leaning into it. People with their sideways, it's like And they go. I, but I said it's not that I'm leaning into it. It's that I'm now a good enough comedian to really talk about my life, where I'm just not making stupid jokes. Right. Like I'm now a good enough comedian to draw back on past experiences and figure out how did I really feel in that situation, mm-hmm. and how do I take that and then turn it into a funny bit. Um, everything I do is autobiographical. Okay. I don't fucking write ops. I guess it's observational, but I'm not writing just jokes. I'm not yeah. like, oh, this is a funny fucking thing. Yeah. Were you originally writing uh, observational Dude, jokes? Yeah, because I, I didn't know how to. I mean, I didn't know how to talk about my life. Right. So what? All right. So where was the change in that? Like, was it like when you just started telling stories instead of just going joke for joke? Or how? Um, I don't know where the change came. Honestly, um, I heard Bill Burr one time say that every year he tries to do something new. Mm -hmm. And so that is what I always try to do. Yeah. I always try to find something new to do because to me he's one of the greatest ever. Yeah. So like I always try and find something new that I could do that I'm not doing. Getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm willing to fucking bomb and sit in the fucking bomb and figure it out. I started out, I stood behind a fucking microphone and I delivered jokes. I never did act outs. Yeah. Never did stories. Now I'm all over the fucking place. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I mean, was it just like learning as you're going like this, this, this is what's going to work for me? Or was it you just like going out and trying shit, trying stories, trying act outs, trying all that stuff and just bombing with it until you just stop bombing with it? I think it was uh, when I noticed I would do certain bits and people would connect to it. Okay. A good... I always say that a good joke, people will remember the good joke. Mm-hmm. But if I give you some substance that you connect to, now yes. you remember me. Uh-huh. And as artists, we need you to remember us, not the fucking joke that you can go tell at the water cooler. Yeah. So, like, if I do a bit about, oh, he wrestled alligators, they can't do that fucking bit. Yeah. But they can go, hey, you remember that Puerto Rican kid who fucking wrestled alligators? <laughs> that they can do. Yeah. So... That's interesting because I just like I mean you you, you know I'm I'm like new I just wrote a chunk of material where like it was about myself it's not it's self deprecating shit it's not it's not necessarily like stories of my life mm-hmm. it's just it's just me talking about me instead of like turning the microscope microscope on somebody else and it's the best shit I've I've done yet you know what I mean like I, I, almost every time I've said it it's just like been the killer bit you know this what I mean? is gonna sound a uh, very uh I guess cocky or maybe that's not the word, but very full of myself. Uh-huh. I had a hard time talking about myself yeah, when I started uh-huh. because I'm a fucking good looking guy. Uh, okay. I'm, I was a former fucking fighter. Um, 
like they want to seem like a douche on stage. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, people hate Brendan Schwab yeah. for the same things you're talking about. Yeah, it's like and it's like if he was a ugly dude or like not muscular. People would let him get away with what he's saying. So, like, I and it's not. I'm not saying it's a cop out, but I can't go up there and go, "Oh, I look like this," and then give you some fucking crazy explanation because yeah. that's not it. So, mm-hmm. like, I didn't know. I and when I started, I did not know how to be self-deprecating mm-hmm. because it would either come off as completely fake, mm-hmm. or like, if I took it another route, then it's like, just it's like bullshit. It would be just lying. Yeah, and. There is a certain thing you have to overcome if you are a good looking guy, if you're confident, if you're and I'm obviously I would rather be that, but yeah. like <laughs> but like when you walk into a comedy club, you're gonna get couples. Mm-hmm. A lot of time the guy is there because his girl brought him out and said, Let's go watch comedy. Yeah. So when you walk up and you're a good looking guy, the girl's into you. You're confident the girl's into you. Now what am I going to do? Like the guy is already not liking me because he's like, his girl's got some type of vibe. Yeah. Now I tell people, Oh yeah, I used to fight. And now it's like, Oh, now he could also kick my ass. (laughs) Like the guy (laughs) hates you. So like I had to figure out how to talk about me. Yeah. But not be like, like a big shot, like yeah. like, cause I am a very, I'm very successful at shit, and it's fucking. We're, we work in an industry where it's like you're not allowed to talk about being successful. Yeah, you just get more hate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you, I did. I'm not gonna say who, but I did some shows with a booker, and after one of the shows, cause I, in my set I talk about you know traveling to Africa. Mm-hmm. I have a whole chunk about like being a homeowner for the first time, and all this other stuff. And I had a booker basically say, like, the audience doesn't want to hear all these good things that's happening in your life. And I'm like, holy shit. Yes. Like, they really, like, a booker told me that shit. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? But it's like, and, you know, yours is different because you're. But, I mean, but, but by the way, this is why I did an Anthony Jesselnik impression. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good-looking guy. He's confident. Yeah. So he went up there and he played the fucking villain. Like yeah. A, like a heel wrestling character. Yep. And I go. This is an easy enough thing for me to do. I could just go up there and be the asshole mm-hmm. and yeah. just write clever enough jokes. And that's why I was an Anthony Jeselnik impersonation because I was like, oh, we have similar things about us. Yeah. And he kills. Yeah. So maybe this is my route because I can't go up there and be fucking fluffy. I yeah. can't go up yeah. there and be, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I had a comic about a month ago. The re, the shift for me, I mean, it's just like a, a small thing. Somebody said to me like a month ago, uh, he was like, well, you, you do some roasting with other people. He's like, why don't you just like turn the microscope on yourself mm-hmm. and have a file in your phone that's like the roast of Brian Milligan, you know? And that was it, man. Like, Because before I was just like sitting there trying to think of things. Mm-hmm. And instead I was like, let me, you know, with the, once I got this, I was like, let me just talk about all of the, you know, bullshit, whatever I would go after somebody else for, go after myself for. And then it got me going like, you know, like I, I wrote a bunch of different shit out and there was one thing that like popped out and I was like, oh, let me try to make that into something about me. You know what I mean? And then it just like unlocked this thing for my for for writing. You know what I mean? I don't know if I can remember the moment. Comedy is like plateaus. You feel like well, I'm new, you know, man. So yeah, it just yeah, happened for yeah. me. So. No, but, no, but like I, I'm saying, I don't know if I can remember the moment. But there became a point where like my mind just fucking 
shifted. Gives me shit. Yeah. Right? And when it comes, it usually comes in almost joke form now. Hell yeah. So I'll just be fucking taking a shower and like, bam, here's a bit. Yeah. Like I was running the other day and I just remembered something. I haven't even done it. I'm going to go try it out tonight. Yeah. But like the premise is like I didn't grow up with a lot of money. Mm -hmm. All the other kids would go school shopping. Uh, all my clothes came from Marlboro points. <laughs> I definitely had a Marlboro jacket myself, yeah. bro. <laughs> so I go, all my, and I haven't done it, but I think it'll work. And I go, all my clothes came from Marlboro points. Parents were going out shopping with their kids, and my mother was out here chain smoking on a mission. <laughs> uh, like, and I, this is a true story. It just made me remember yeah. because one time my teacher goes, "Hey, does any of your parents smoke? It smells like cigarettes in here." And I was embarrassed. I was like, "No, no, we're not smoking." Meanwhile, I got a fucking leather jacket with cigarette patches on it. <laughs> <laughs> Look like I'm going to head to bike week after class. And like, like, but that's how shit comes into my head now. Yeah. So that's yeah. also now my way of being self-deprecating. Yeah. But I didn't know how to dig like that. Yeah. And I don't think you do when you start, but I did yeah. not know how to dig like that to turn the light on me. Yeah, that's that was my struggle with it too. And then once I, f- once he phrased it and like just do it like a roast, like you're writing roast jokes for somebody else, I went, oh, that makes sense. And now I can like, because I'm not writing specific jokes for what I wrote. I, I just like plug that into different areas of or like jokes that I already had where like it'll work better if I do it from my own perspective and then I can put like self-deprecation into the joke or, yeah. you know, like stuff like that. And I, I like it because like I do crowd work occasionally. And so like I, I I'm talking shit a lot, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm not a lot, but some, you know, and I like the idea of like talking about myself first and self-deprecation before i turn the lens on them you know and well if you if you do do that it does allow them the like the ability to open up yeah yeah you just get that like it it breaks the tension immediately because they're like well he's he already talked about himself now he's just see i didn't know how to do it because to me writing about myself was so when you start was so surface level yeah it was so like exactly and then now i'm at the ability where i can really look and be like how did I fucking feel in this moment? Yeah. Now I could talk about something that is self-deprecating because I didn't feel great. Yeah, I right. was embarrassed in this fucking moment. Mm-hmm. I was embarrassed I was showing up at the fucking pool yeah. with a fucking towel that had a cigarette pack on it. Like, <laughs> like, like It's the yes. little specifics that, that are the little nuances for your own specific life that, yeah, make, that and make it, the and like, come together. But like if you told me at year one to be self-deprecating, it's yeah. like, how my my eyes are too close so yeah. just, like, like, just like like you're saying surface level bullshit really so quickly because i know we all gotta I, go i definitely yeah, gotta, gotta go. go yeah but in terms of things that like we're doing that everyone should be doing yes one thing i started doing recently is when you have like a like other comics that you kind of vibe with and trust mm-hmm. number one everyone should be making an excel spreadsheet of contacts mm-hmm it, it's not like a. am just going to Facebook Messenger. You need a spreadsheet because it, it's going to be too many people to remember. Yeah. I write motherfuckers yeah. when I go to these clubs because now I'm touring some of the better clubs in the country. Uh-huh. I'm terrible with names. Yeah. Once I'm introduced to somebody, I have a fucking note in my phone yep. where I just put down, okay, this is fucking Betty. She's the bartender at the Houston Improv. And yep. like I have <laughs> all this fucking shit in my okay. phone. And what everyone should be doing, you and your sort of comics that you get along with, uh-huh. every once in a while swap excel spreadsheets okay because what will happen is everyone's siloed off on their own trying to build their own contacts list yeah and it's if we were to swap these lists your list wouldn't i mean i quadrupled my list of contacts by reaching out to other comics and we just trade excel spreadsheets especially the friends that are in different areas yeah and it's super easy to 
connect them together. Yeah. And then long term plan is to be able to put it into something a service like Mailchimp, mm-hmm. so that you can have it automatically every you know t- twice a year or something like that send a mass thing and you just update what your mass thing is mm-hmm. based on what you've got going on your new videos your new headshots your new whatever yeah so definitely i want to expand upon that but i really can't yeah no we gotta go all right I so have, i have to go cool. thank you eugene for being with us yeah thank you man and, of course, brother. and oh, it's always fun my favorite part about doing these is when everybody has a show after so we're all about to leave and go do shows i well, wish it was Brian, say, I, yeah. my kid has a show tonight yeah and i cannot be late <laughs> you'd so. be there in spirit yeah yeah exactly <laughs> all right you guys. thank you for listening this has been the funny style podcast good night